0: This is Vic St. Anderson. Welcome to the principal podcast today. So today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things to talk about. We're going to be talking about, well, let me tell you a story. I know of someone who was recently accepted to an Ivy League Masters of Business program. And this is kind of a big deal. Let me tell you what a big deal it is. I did some research, by the way, I did this research uh, several years ago, so the research i'm about to tell you is probably a little bit outdated but we'll still use it just for the purpose of this conversation. I did some research that showed that five years after someone graduated from this particular Ivy League school that they would make about $285,000 a year. And that seems like that's that's a pretty good income, I mean that's uh, $285,000 a year. Five years after you graduate from this Master's of Business School at this Ivy League prestigious Ivy League school, and during the same time, I actually looked up to see what the average uh, household in America made, and at that time it was about fifty-five thousand. I think it's more now. So if you take those two numbers, two hundred eighty-five thousand, and you subtract fifty-five thousand, you get about. And I'm going to show you my paper here. You get a difference of about two hundred and thirty. Thousand dollars a year. So, someone makes two hundred eighty-five thousand, and the next person makes about fifty-five thousand. The difference is about two hundred thirty thousand a year. Well, let's just say that you work another thirty years after that. You know that may not apply to everybody, but may apply to some. If you do that, thirty years, an additional thirty years, at two hundred thirty thousand more than the next person ends up being about six point nine million dollars. So you might say. That because, you know, someone was accepted to this one particular Ivy League school, that they have a good chance of making six point nine million dollars more than the next guy. Now, this is really, really simple math, and the math is too simple. I've got to tell you, let me disclaim these numbers can't be accurate. And let me tell you why they're not accurate. Number one, they're too simple. They don't take into account things like inflation. If you took into account inflation, the number would be much higher than six point nine million dollars, is my opinion. Um, they do not take into account cost of living, they do not take into account the fact that many people make more if this is they're only measuring year five, I think a lot of people would make more in year six and seven and 10 and 12 and 15 and 30 right. And so generally people's income goes up as they get more adept and as they have more experience and skill. So we're going to use just year five and we're not going to take into account inflation so I realize my numbers are not correct. That's There's my disclaimer. That being said, they're probably conservative because they're not taking into account those things. The, num- the real numbers are probably much higher than six point nine million. But you know, I went to this person, um, great guy, went to him, and I said, you know, what did you do to get accepted to this this Ivy League uh, this Ivy League school? It was very prestigious. And his answer kind of surprised me. He said something to this effect. Not sure if I'm saying it exactly, but my impression was he said something to this effect. He said, you know, my, my dad taught me that if I didn't understand something, to not be content with not knowing, to take some time and try to understand it, to look it up. I said, well, that's interesting. So tell me more. He said, well, most of the time how that would work out is I'd be reading a book, you know, for school and I'd run into a word that I didn't understand. And I'd have to take just a minute or two and go look it up in the dictionary. I'm thinking to myself, well, that sounds interesting. But somewhere in my mind, at some point, I'm thinking, okay, $6.9 million, look stuff up in the dictionary. Tell me more. And he said, Well, what would happen is this: I'd read something in the dictionary and I'd take a minute or two to look it up. And of course, I'd go back to the book I was reading that and I now understand what they were talking about. But he said the real magic happened later because I'd hear that same word in conversation or I'd hear that word on TV or I'd hear it on, you know, on the on the radio. And because I'd taken just a little bit of time to under, to, to learn what the word meant, I now could understand oftentimes what they were talking about. And it became exponential because I'd understand what they were talking about. And then I'd hear something else that was related and then I could kind of piece it together. And it was this slow growth of like, oh, I get it. Oh, I get it just because I would take the time. And, you know, sometimes he said, he'd have to look up 10 words. You know, uh, he'd have to look up more than one word. And this this kind of, uh, it hit me. And I'm still, but there's somewhere, at some point I was thinking, okay, was there anything else you did? I'm thinking, okay, did you take like a crash course? Or did you go to some expensive private school? Did you do something amazing to get, so you could get into this, this school with such a great GMAT score that you could get in. And, and so I asked him, I said, Was there anything else you did? Something to that effect. And he said something to this effect back. He said, well, I mean, sometimes I had to look stuff up in the encyclopedia. Now, you might find that a little humorous. In his mind, the thing that got him into a prestigious graduate program at an Ivy League university was that growing up when he didn't understand something, he'd go look it up He'd go look it up in the dictionary. Now this, this thought kind of stuck with me and it stuck with me for some time. Um, I thought about it again and again and again, I actually went back to him years later and I said, you know what, she was straight with me. How, how much time a day did you spend looking stuff up in the dictionary, looking stuff up? And he said, it wasn't much, you know, maybe five, 10, 15 minutes and I asked him, you know, what was it on a really bad day? And he said maybe thirty minutes. And you know after I had this conversation, I, I I did some math and I thought, you know, let's just assume every day was really a bad day that it was thirty minutes. And I, and I added up thirty minutes for high school, uh, junior high, or middle school, elementary school, even the summers, the the vac- vacation time, weekends, even in college up until you would go and, you know, get through college. And I took 30 minutes a day and added it all up. And then I divided it into $6.9 million. Do you have any idea? I mean, if he's correct, that what really got him into this, and, and it's coming from him himself. So let's assume that he knows what he's talking about since he's the one who got into Ivy League school. If he's correct, that it was that difference that got him in. And assuming his mat, you know, assuming that he used 30 minutes or less, we'll say it's the full 30 minutes, do you have any idea how much money per hour he was making, looking stuff up in the dictionary and say a third grader? Any clue? Well, according to my calculations, and I hope they're correct. I've calculated he was making at least Twenty-two hundred, or around twenty-two hundred dollars per hour. Now, I think my my numbers are low. That might surprise you. That as, as you know, like a third grader, he would be making twenty-two hundred dollars an hour. Now, here's the thing: he was nobody was just sitting there cutting him a check, saying, "Hey, good job! You looked something up in the dictionary for an hour. Here's twenty-two hundred bucks." That's not how it worked. How it worked was, is he he looked it up, and the payday came later. Now. Remember we're talking about principles here and this is super important. Remember when you come in contact with a principle you can either align with it or you can ignore it. So at the very beginning podcast, the first podcast, we talked about like the principle of gravity. You could align with gravity and build a ski resort or a hydroelectric dam or a skydiving company or a zip line company or you know bungee jumping outfit or you could ignore gravity and you could fall off a cliff and die or get injured. Gravity itself doesn't change. All it changed is did you respect it and align with it or did you ignore it to your peril? Now, here's the question here. The technique that this gentleman used was to look stuff up in the dictionary when he didn't understand it. That's the technique. But what was the principle that he was lining with? Now, sometimes when I tell this story, some people say, well, he was aligning with hard work. He's aligning with education. I think those are great answers. I'm going to I'm going to use it a little different phrase the, 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 fr- the principle I think he was aligning with was what I call the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest says if you plant seeds, and you take care of them, you water them, you nurture them, you, you weed, you make sure that everything's good. Eventually, if you plant them in the springtime, you can actually have crops that grow in the fall. It's a, it's a principle that farmers align with all the time. They plant in the spring, they harvest in the fall. One time I was speaking to a number of farmers and I asked them, can you cheat the law of the harvest? Can you cram for it? Can you cheat it? And they laughed. There's no way. Can you imagine a farmer not planning his or her seeds in the spring, and then getting to the end saying, Okay, I didn't plant, I forgot, I'm going to plant my corn now. And I'm just gonna say, grow and just try to cram for the harvest. Um, can you imagine somebody trying to do that? Well, it just doesn't work. So the principle that this this gentleman who who got into Stanford was aligning with was the law was the law of the harvest. And because he did these little actions every single day, he was able to, at the end, have a good result. But the rewards didn't come to, come till much later. Now, this is a principle that works everywhere. It's just like gravity. Remember when we talked about gravity in the first podcast, we talked about how it doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. It's there. You can get to the edge of a cliff and say, I believe I can fly and jump off. And at that point, gravity still takes over. And unless you have another principle that you're working with, like a, you know, like an aerodynamic principle, like with a a parachute or a hang glider or something, you could get really injured or, or killed because you're ignoring or being careless with the principle of gravity. This principle called the law of the harvest, whether you like it or not, is a real principle. And it's working in your life, whether you believe it is or not. Even if I don't believe in gravity, it's still there. Even if I don't believe in the law of the harvest, it's still there. Now, why would I tell you this story? Well, I'm going to tell you why. You may not think that your little tiny daily decisions matter. But I'm here to tell you that your little tiny daily decisions are everything. You may not think you know if somebody told you you know if you don't know a word, you should look it up. And you might say well that makes sense, I should look it up you're right, but you don't know how right or how much difference that could make. The fact that looking stuff up in the dictionary might make you millions of dollars, I mean we guess 6.9 million, the truth is it's probably closer. You know if you take depending on the inflation rate, it could be 10 or 15 or $20 million. Dollars or more, depending on what inflation ends up being. That looking stuff up in the dictionary, at least according to the guy I talked to, had a massive, massive, massive effect. So when we talk about these little principles that we're talking about on the principal podcast, like for example, there was one we talked about on the first one, it was positively reinforce people, align with the golden rule, treat others like you wanna be treated you might think, well, that makes sense. Just kind of like looking stuff up in the dictionary makes sense. But just like it made way more sense than you'd recognize with the gentleman who got accepted to an Ivy League school. You know, catching people doing something right, that little doing it consistently, you know, might save your marriage, might save a troubled teen from committing suicide. I'm not guaranteeing it will. It might triple your income. And again, I'm not promising that, but I'm saying those little tiny daily decisions over time make all the difference. Your little tiny daily decisions, the ones you think don't matter, like, am I gonna get up an hour early? Am I gonna exercise? Am I going to look stuff up in the dictionary? Am I gonna catch my spouse or my children doing something right today? Or am I gonna just continually point out their negative things? These seem like small decisions, but they're not. They're huge. You know, I've always thought, well, not always, I've learned that the key to success isn't usually in some big thing. The key to success, I think, is number one, being humble enough to realize that you aren't a principle unto yourself. Number two, trying to figure out honestly, what are the principles? I'll give you a hint. They're not the latest fad. They're not the newest book. They're not the the latest podcast. They're not something new out there. These are, these principles are ancient. They're timeless, like the principle of gravity. They've been around a long time and then making your little tiny daily decisions align with them. And when you do that, and I can feel tingles as I'm saying this, you have so much power behind you because you have timeless ancient principles that are as real as strict gravity, that are as strong as gravity, helping you rather than trying to fight something that's much bigger than you or ignoring something that's much bigger than you. If you can figure out what those principles are and then align with them, you'll notice that things go a lot better. And I'm a true true believer in Jesus Christ, who I think if you study his words, you will find the real principles that are really there. Thanks for listening to The Principle Podcast today. We hope you uh, join us again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. So glad you joined. I am on a mission to help as many marriages and families and parents learn the principles and techniques that are gonna help their marriages be better. And one thing I know about you, there are so many of you listening right now that have tips, that have techniques, that if you would just share them with the community, it could help. So please share them with the rest of us, share them with me, we'd love to hear them. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Let's do everything we can to help as many marriages as possible. You know, I'm a huge believer that a wise man, Nile A. Maxwell said, if we don't fix marriages and families, everything else we do will be like straightening deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm sure I didn't quote that right, but it was something to that effect. Let's go to the root of the problem and help marriages and families. Feel free to follow me on, on social media. Most importantly, learn to follow Jesus Christ, who is the principal giver and let's share as much as we can with each other to make this a great community where we can help people. Thanks again for joining.